a sad note to pass along. My longtime friend and good buddy Mike McCabe, who you may remember just a couple of shows ago, joined us for an interesting podcast involving the Eagles and the Phillies. Uh, passed away on March 13th, 2018, suddenly. I want to extend my condolences to his family and let you know, Mike, I hope you're well wherever you are and I'm thinking of you. Here's the stretch by Robinson. The 3 0 pitch. Swing it on, drive! There it is! Number 500! The career 500 home run! But Michael Jack Smith and the Phillies have regained the lead in Pittsburgh. 8 6. And the Phillies dug out to pour the out to home plate. Phillies Talk Podcast is now listener supported. Just go to our Patreon page at Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Phillies, and you can sponsor this podcast. Welcome to Phillies Talk, the independent podcast from FightingPhillies.com, featuring news and views about Phillies baseball. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to the Fighting Fields Phillies Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast for March 19th, 2018. Well, it's just about springtime. In fact, tomorrow is springtime in the Philadelphia area, but it seems like we're going to have a big snowstorm to usher in the first day of spring. I'm joined here by my Phillies Talk co-host, Mr. Matt Vesey. How are you, Matt? Good evening, Rich. How are you? Doing well. Good evening. I'm I'm waiting for uh, with bated breath here. As the hours go on, it seems like the snow totals that they're expecting are starting to go up. Yeah, I was at it. I went out to the Acme this evening, and we got our bread. We already had our milk, so I didn't have to get that. But we got our bread, so we're ready. Uh, awesome. I was I was going to do the same thing, and and usually my uh, go-to store is Acme as well. Uh, I really like that store in a snowstorm for some reason uh, but i'm going to make my trip tomorrow morning um, but we've got some phillies baseball to talk about and of course you know the season's starting in only 10 days from the day that we're doing this podcast here and it, it's kind of hard to believe that the season is starting in 10 days do you think you're ready for the season yet uh i'm always ready for the season when, when the when the season ends I'm looking forward to the next season. So, yep, I'm ready. Let's get going. Play ball. Awesome. Yeah, with Phillies kicking off down in Atlanta, and uh, the way the weather's going, we're pretty lucky at that. Um, as I said at the start of the podcast, we're we're looking for anywhere from, from what I've heard, six to eight inches possibly in the Philadelphia area, uh, about the same in Delaware, maybe even a little more on the Jersey side, but... Uh, we're talking baseball here, and the Phillies uh, blew a, a tough game this afternoon down in uh, Clearwater against the Red Sox, and uh, they played pretty well against Chris Sale, though, uh, today. Yeah, it was kind of out of the loop today. I didn't get to follow it very much, but I, I saw that they blew the blew it, gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth, dropped 6-5, and like they keep saying, uh, it's only spring. It's only spring. Don't worry about it. Uh Phillies are nine and fifteen. Red Sox are fifteen and eight. I would feel a lot better about things if I were Red Sox fans right now than Phillies fans. It's 
it is only spring, but you have to start getting some results at some point. Yes, you do. And the Phillies um, hit Chris Sale around today. I believe they, they got four runs off of him, uh, five hits. So, you know, a guy that has finished quite well in the Cy Young standings over the past few years, it was kind of uh, refreshing to see that the Phillies could actually hit a pitcher like that. And, of course, Sale's not in his uh, game form probably yet, his regular season form. But they did manage to uh, get some runs off of him, only to lose the game. And believe it or not, I I was keeping track of it on the um, MLB Game Day app. And the Phillies had the lead. Um, I was reading a book. I looked away, and uh, I had already started a blog post saying that the Phillies were going to win. And uh, I had to check back uh, right before I uh, finished a blog post. And, of course, I found out they dropped the game, uh, giving up four runs in the bottom of the ninth today. So, as you said, you know, it's spring training. Don't count it. But I hate to lose games like this in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, it's just it shouldn't happen. Yeah, Nick Williams and uh, Aaron Altair, they each had a game. Uh, they did get five hits off a of sale, but uh, on the same token, Joe Kelly, Carson Smith, and Tommy Lane shut them down through six through the eighth innings, so uh, they went cold there at some point. They just stopped hitting, and that allowed the Red Sox enough room to get back into it. Yes, they did, and I want to uh, let our listeners know that we're recording this live as we do it on YouTube. And uh, if you want to tune into the YouTube channel for Phillies Talk Podcast and the FightinPhillies.com website, just go on to YouTube and uh, search for Phillies Talk Podcast, and you'll come up with this page. You'll be able to view the show as we do it. And, of course, uh, I wanted to let everyone know that they can download the show on iTunes. Go over to BaseballTalkRadio.com and find us there. It's Phillies Talk amongst a about 40 other shows um, on Talking Baseball. I made that website up myself, so check it out, BaseballTalkRadio.com. It's the home for great baseball talk shows, independent just like this. And, Matt, you sound great tonight. I just wanted to say that um, that new microphone that you got is really sounding great. It's my new Plantronics Air, uh, recommended by you, Rich, so... <clears throat> Looking forward to uh, making more use out of it as we go forward. That's awesome. And uh, I want to give your uh, – you just started another podcast up. You're getting the, the podcast fever, so to speak, and I love to hear uh, new podcasters, new shows coming up. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your show that you just uh, made the debut entry with uh, just a couple days ago? Yeah, my podcast is uh, more of a political slanted one. Um wide-ranging topics but it's and it really is going to be wide-ranging but it it does key on politics and mostly from a conservative slant so if your audience has that type of interest it's the traditional americans podcast so you can find that on facebook twitter and instagram at traditional americans and i always put a link on those places to the most recent podcasts and we've had two broadcasts so far that's very great, and I, I listened to one of them uh, 
yesterday, and I really liked uh, listening to the show, and I want to encourage our listeners, you know, whatever your political persuasions is, or are rather, <laughs> if I learned something from uh, doing podcasting, is uh, I used to do a couple other podcasts as well, one on technology, one a little bit on politics, but, you know, keep an open mind. Uh, you've got a lot of voices, a lot of opinions out there. And uh, please tune in because, you know, we, we like to make this content for you, just like the Phillies Talk podcast you're listening to here. And, Matt, uh, one of the first topics that we wanted to discuss on this show here tonight is um, the Phillies starting rotation. And they really got a, a plus when they picked up Jake Arietta. I'm telling you, I would have been very wary at predicting even a marginal season with the Phillies if they did not go uh, north with a quality pitcher such as Jake Arrieta. Yeah, it's hard to say that one guy makes a big difference, but uh, he does make a big difference. This is You already had Nola, who, as long as he stays healthy, you got to expect he's going to continue to develop. And uh, he, I see him as, on a contending team, a really solid number three. He might have a chance to step up to a number two if he continues to advance. But Arietta is, at least over the last three or four years, he's a proven winner. He's a Cy Young winner. And he's the kind of horse and ace that you need at the front of a rotation. They could, if, if they seriously want to make a run at a wild card, they could use one more guy uh, in that vein. I don't know if they have a run at Alex Cobb in them or somebody like that, but um, they could really use one, more, at least one more arm, along with Arietta and Nola staying healthy. But he was a big pickup for them, certainly. Yes, he has been. And, of course, uh, making the news just the other day on the 16th, uh, Jared Eikhoff going to be out six to eight weeks with a strained right lat. Um, some had speculated that maybe we wouldn't be seeing uh, Eikhoff this season uh, with that injury. But I, I think the Phillies will give him at least one more season. I started off being an Eikhoff fan, um, but lately I, I've had my doubts about him. I don't know if uh, Jared Eikhoff is going to make it on the Phillies. Uh, maybe if they moved him to the bullpen or something like that, that might be a better home for him. But um, as far as a starter, I haven't been really impressed with him too much. How about you, Matt? Yeah, he's he's certainly not a front of the rotation guy. He's a back end of the rotation guy. He's given them some pretty uh, half decent innings over the last couple of seasons. Um, his loss isn't going to be a big loss for this rotation the way it is set up right now. They have a number of similar arms. It, like I said, it's not like he's an ace, so it's not like they're having to replace um, a top-of-the-line type of starting pitcher. Eikhoff has a, a career ERA under four, but last year his ERA shot up to 471. Uh, he gave up 142 hits in 128 innings, so he, you know, he, he did not pitch well at all last year. Um, that was coming off of a really strong 2016. So they have uh, guys lined up. Uh, pitchers like Nick Pavetta, Ben Lively, Zach Eflin, even Mark Leiter Jr. is having a pretty nice spring. And they'll fill in the back of the rotation very well. Uh, Eikhoff is not a big loss for them at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Vince Velasquez does this year. I was really big in his corner um, as well when he 
debuted with the Phillies uh, in 2016. Of course, they obtained him from the Astros. He went 8-6 and six in his first year with the Phillies uh, in 2016. I thought the Phillies were really on to something there with him. And just like Eikhoff, last year he had a terrible year. Uh, 2017, Vince Velasquez, 2-7 and seven with a 5.13 ERA. And his lifetime ERA is 4.45. So, you know, as good as Vince Velasquez looked certain times, uh, his record simply doesn't really uh, reflect the, the fact that he may be a better quality pitcher. Yeah, you could argue. Uh, you certainly can argue that Velasquez is still growing. I mean, he's... He's 25 years old now. He'll be 26 in June. And this spring, he's at least to this point, um, I've been encouraged by what I've seen because over 10 in the third innings, he's got 12 strikeouts and just three walks. That three walks is big because uh, part of his problem in the past has been that he gets wild, throws a lot of pitches, and then you know, maybe he dominates teams or looks really good for three, four, even five innings and then starts to fall apart and he's out of the game one or two innings later. So far, he's got a 3-4-8 ERA in the spring over four starts. He's allowed 12 hits in those 10 and a third innings. So to me, I, I'm more looking at that 12 to three strikeout to walk ratio over that 10 and a third. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. He's given up 12 hits. I don't know if he's, you know, trying to take something off to try to spot the ball better. Um, pitchers are tough to read this time of year because they're usually working on things, so stats are tough. But uh, Velasquez certainly has talent, and right now he's got to slot into that number three spot, I would think, in the rotation behind Arietta and Nola. Yeah, I'm looking at the starts that he's made here uh, in the month of March with the Phillies on their uh, spring training uh, stats here. Uh, he did also start February 28th against uh, Toronto, which um, he gave up three runs in that game, three earned runs. But, you know, that was probably the first time that he's pitched uh, competitively since the end of last season. So you got to throw that out. Um, and his ERA has gone down steadily with each uh, start that he's made. Of course, uh, he faced Minnesota March 5th, then went against Tampa Bay March 10th, and then most recently against Toronto on March 16th. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Velasquez. I've uh, been a fan of his. Um, at times, I think he's been a little impulsive up there. He almost... Um, if he makes a bad pitch or makes a mistake here or there, it seems like he dwells on it. And um, I've seen a lot of pitchers like that. They they just can't seem to get their minds off of uh, making a mistake here or there. And uh, then they start to make more mistakes on top of that. So uh, hopefully Velasquez can get that uh, even keel down and, um, you know, settle himself down on the mound as you said he's very young yet at 25 uh, if you look back at some of the pitchers of the uh, mid 70s and the early 80s of the Phillies you can't always tell how good a pitcher is going to be in their first couple years uh, as a pitcher starting pitcher certainly so uh, hopefully this will be a breakout year for him 
he he really needs it as a starting pitcher. He, he needs a full, healthy season where he is able to show that he can go into at least go into the sixth inning consistently uh, once in a while push it past that he has to show that he can be a legitimate big league starting pitcher because there are going to be other options coming along and they have plenty of money so they're going to spend money at some point Uh, Velasquez many people feel and and I'm not sold either that he isn't uh, they could be better off in the back end of the bullpen so Velasquez is still a, you know, we'll see what his ultimate role is going to be. But for now, he has to stay in the rotation and get a chance to prove himself, um, get a chance to pitch himself out of the rotation, I think. So jury's still out for me, but he's certainly got to be a starter right now. That's for sure. And um, another pitcher that uh, I'd like to see do well, of course, is Philly's pitcher, Nick Pavetta, uh, number 43. Again, he's a 25-year-old. He looks like a good pitcher. He almost looks like a Tom Seaver, a young Tom Seaver to me. Uh, pretty tall at 6'5". Uh, he looks like he could do very well. Of course, in this year so far in the spring training, he's had a bad few starts. He's 0-3 with a 5.40 ERA uh, in those four starts. So... You can't always tell from spring training, especially with um, the younger pitchers, how they're going to do in the regular season. But uh, Pavetta, I'm in his corner as well. I I hope he has a successful year. Uh, At times, he's looked very good. He was uh, drafted in the fourth round from the Washington Nationals in 2013. So, um, you know, what's your feelings about Pavetta? Well, there's something there. I mean, he has talent, but it's he's a back-end guy right now. He has a lot to prove, and he's the problem for Nick is that he is in competition with other guys who I think at this point are out-pitching him. Uh, he's certainly not like a Nola, and he's absolutely no Arietta. He doesn't have a spot guaranteed to him in that rotation. So he's pitching against competition, and... I've liked what I've seen so far this spring out of lighter. I've liked what I've seen. I'm a big Ben Lively guy. For some reason, he doesn't seem to get the love that I think he deserves. I've always said this about Ben Lively. All Ben Lively does is win. Uh, Ben Lively hasn't won this spring. He's 0-1. But across four starts, Lively's only allowed 11 hits in 14 innings, and he's only walked two batters. Uh, he's got a 0.93 whip. So Lively keeps the Phillies in every game that he pitches almost. And Pavetta has kind of blown up this spring. So I, I'm i not overly impressed at what I've seen from Nick this spring. He, he has an opportunity. He's got a chance. He's got talent. But he's not winning right now the battle for a back-end rotation spot, I think, on this team. I think he's got to be considered right now to be behind a lighter behind Lively and behind even Zach Eflin. Yeah, and that's our next pitcher we'll discuss here. Uh, Zach Eflin, another younger guy with the Phillies. And, you know, these were the guys that the Phillies were going to go uh, start the season with if they didn't get a guy like Jake Arietta. And, I, again, I just feel that, thank God, that Phillies got Jake Arietta. Uh, Eflin having a, a kind of a rough spring as well. 
uh, 4.73 ERA in four games. He started three of them. Um, let's look at last year's record with the Phillies. He had 11 starts with the Phillies, 6.16 ERA, and he was 1-5 in five in those 11 starts. So, again. Yeah, Eflin, Eflin's not a strikeout guy, certainly, and he's, and he's a back-end guy. Uh, he's... I would say that right now, if you have to be honest, if they're giving an honest appraisal of the what they've seen so far and the statistics, then you got to say that Eflin and uh, it's a battle kind of back there between Pavetta and Eflin for the fifth starter job. Yep. So we'll see uh, who wins that coming out of spring training, and with a, a new manager like Gabe Kapler, it'll be interesting to see um, who he chooses coming out of spring spring training right now it seems like um your rotation would probably be arietta nola uh, velasquez and as you said you know it's a toss-up between uh lively and pavetta and then even mark Leiter jr who we didn't discuss yet he's uh still in running with the phillies a young guy as well yeah i meant to mention him too because he's having a very strong spring He's hasn't made any starts, but he's been in five games. He's thrown uh, 12 and a third innings, and he's got a 17 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio, which is fantastic. Uh, he has allowed 13 hits in those 12 and a third innings, but you can't ignore a 17 to 3 K to walk ratio over 12 and a third. So at some point, he's got to they got to be considering him seriously, you know, for a starter's role. And to me, you're talking about. Arietta, Nola, Velazquez, and then those last two spots are a battle among those four guys. Pavetta, Lively, um, and Leiter, of course, and Eflin. So those four guys are going to be battling for two spots. It would have been five if you had Eikhoff still in it. So uh, they have arms. You know, They'll find the right guys, but right now for me, if you ask me who I'm most confident and comfortable with being able to go out there and give them a good quality effort every every four or five days out of that group, it's been lively. Now, we'll see what they feel about that, but uh, that would be my opinion right now, at least where things stand today. Yep, so we'll have to uh, check it out when the Phillies uh, do announce their rotation, and it, it should be soon now. It's only uh, 10 games or 10 days actually until the Phillies open up the season in Atlanta for three games. Uh, they don't come north and open the season until April 5th. Uh, so there's uh, plenty of time for them to come north. And uh, I wonder who will open the home opener. At, at first, we speculated maybe uh, Nola might get both starts here, but um, I wonder if they wouldn't try to. Uh, showcase an Arietta for opening day in Philadelphia. That would really be uh, something, I think. Well, Arietta's saying that he's ready, that he's going to be ready for that opening series. And if they agree with that, and, and you know, he's a veteran, so he supposedly has been working out, throwing plenty of bullpens on the side. They're going to get him into his first game on Thursday against the Tigers. So he's going to make, I can't, that's probably the only start he's going to make this spring because they only have, he may make 
one more start on their finale against the Pirates. But if they do that, then he's not going to pitch in that opening series, I would guess, against the Braves. So they could do one of two things with Arietta. They could let him go against the Tigers Thursday and then pitch in that spring finale against the Pirates and then hold him back until the Mets series. Uh, that that could be one way that they go. The other way they could go is if he, you know, if he really wants it, then they could let him go against the Tigers and maybe have him, you know, throw an inning or two, you know, against the Pirates and then have slot him into that second or third game against the Braves. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they announce. It wouldn't surprise me if they announce those first three Braves games as Nola, Arietta, and Velasquez in some order. And then when they come north to play the Mets, uh, that's when you'll see, you're probably going to see Nola and Arietta in that series as well, along with the fourth starter. Do they choose to use the fifth starter? If they choose to use the fifth starter against the Mets, then that Marlins home opener, they'll be able to go with either Nola or Arietta which is probably something they would like to do. So given that, uh, it might be smart to uh, to hold Arietta out for that start, that home opener start against the Marlins. You could then pitch Nola in the Mets finale and go with your four and five starters in the first two games in a Mets series. That sounds uh, logical to me. And uh, just uh, this is kind of, breaking for this podcast, but I'm, I'm reading it on phillies.com uh, from Todd Zalecki. He announces that Phillies will Phillies fans will wait no longer to see Jake Arrieta. He'll make a start on Thursday afternoon. So uh, those folks down there who are lucky enough to hold tickets to the uh, Detroit Tigers against the Phillies on Thursday uh, down there in Clearwater are going to be amongst the first people in person to uh, witness Jake Arietta starting for the Phillies. Um, and and there, is a, there is another uh, monkey wrench that's being thrown into this whole discussion, too, is uh, that we didn't mention, which was that Mark Leiter Jr. had to return to Philadelphia yesterday because he had some tightness or discomfort in his right forearm. So... He he was, you know, the way he was striking batters out, later looked like he definitely at least had a bullpen roll coming up. Uh, he was going to break camp at the big league club. But if he's having pro- arm problems and he can't bounce back from that fast, and again, that's got to be worrisome when somebody starts talking about you know, tightness in their forearm. Unless that comes back totally clean, then... He's probably looking at open the season on the DL. So later, who we were throwing into that rotation discussion, um, I forgot all about that forearm issue, and he's that probably is going to put him out of the issue, or at least that puts him way back behind. Absolutely. Here's a, another tidbit of Phillies news. I'm just reading this. I didn't wasn't aware of this before we started the podcast tonight. Apparently, it's reported here. Tommy Joseph no longer. A Philadelphia Philly who was claimed off of waivers by Texas uh, this afternoon, late this afternoon. Um, and he was going to be the odd man out uh, in this whole situation with the Santana signing. Uh, certainly Reese Hoskins um, uh, becoming successful like he did last year. All of a sudden, you know, we had a guy that 
played pretty well for the Phillies and Tommy Joseph, and he became the odd man out. Uh, I wish him well. I think uh, he did very well for the Phillies. Uh, his numbers here, he hit 247 with 43 home runs and 116 RBIs in two seasons with the Phillies. So he's no he's no small potatoes, and I think the Rangers made a good pickup with uh, picking up Tommy Joseph. Yeah, I'm, you know, I... I'm not a Joseph fan uh, myself, and and I think it's because I lump him in with what I called uh, these temporary players that the Phillies have had for the last two or three years, maybe even going back almost four years in their lineup now, these what I called placeholder players. And the core of the placeholders were Joseph, Rupp, and Cesar Hernandez, and Freddie Galvis. So now half of those guys are gone Galvis and Joseph, we still have Rupp and Hernandez. Rupp is fighting for his Phillies life this spring. Uh, Rumors are that he's been put on the trading block, and he should be. I think that we we have to go with Alfaro and Knapp. They they need to get the playing time. Both of them, I think, are better than Cameron Rupp. So I saw a lot of losing with those four making up half of the Phillies lineup over the last few years, and I'm, I'm ready personally to turn the page from all of them. Um, I hear people talk about you know value with Cesar Hernandez, and he does have some value. But, again, I keep going back to people talk about his speed. Well, he's never stolen. He's got speed, but he's never stolen 20 bases. Uh, he doesn't hit, hit any homers. He doesn't drive in any runs. His run scored total before last year was is pretty low for, again, the speed that he supposedly has. So, I mean, what good is having speed if you're not using it? Uh, he's a good glove man, but I think if they can – if he can get start out hot and they can deal him, I'm all for dealing him. Uh, I'm ready to turn the page from those placeholder fillies and start to get to the future. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, to a certain extent, I I thought Tommy Joseph um, was at least a good off-the-bench type of player uh, for the Phils. He's got a hot bat. He's a deep home run threat. Um, I don't know. You know, he he became the odd man out for the Phillies. Um, It's tough when you can only, when all you can really do, and as much as I think that, they still had Reese Hoskins as uh, first base being his best option. That's not going to happen now, but uh, Joseph was even more so a uh, statue over there at first base. He, he is a pure first baseman, nothing else. He's not, not a catcher anymore. Tommy Joseph can't play the outfield. He's not a third baseman. He's a first baseman, period. So it's it's tough to carry an only first baseman, you know, on your bench when, you know, that's all he can do. And he's, he hit 22 homers in 533 plate appearances, but that's not, I don't don't think he was a light tower power guy. I I didn't see him as a pinch hit home run Matt Stairs type guy coming off the bench. Uh, 289 on base percentage last year. So he was a expendable to me. Uh, 
So, you know, we'll see going forward. I wish him a lot of luck. He's not an old guy. He's going to play at something like 26 maybe this year. So uh, none of them are old. I mean, Joseph's going to be 26. I think Hernandez, 28. Rupp, 29. I think Freddie, 28. So the problem is that they're all getting into that upper 20s range, and the Phillies are supposed to be building for their next, like, five, six, seven-year run. You don't do that with guys who are 28. Or 27, 26. You do that with guys who are 22, 23, 24. Uh, this is a game now for guys in their 20s. And I think the Phillies are going to have to do some adjusting to that. You're going to have to start getting guys to the big leagues faster. Uh, you're going to have to start getting your Nick Williams up like you did last year at 23. You're going to have to start getting your you know, J.P. Crawfords uh, more into the lineup like they did at 22. This year he'll be 23. That's when you start need to start getting these guys up here and playing ball at 23, at 24. So we'll see how they do uh, moving towards that going forward. I agree. I'd love to see that. Um, take a little look here at uh, the spring training stats here, the key stats. Um, home run so far, three. Scott Kingery at second base. He's got a batting average of 361 with five ribbies. Uh, runs batted in, Jesmiel Valentin, and I think that will he might be your bench player uh, going north. Uh, I saw him hit a long home run in yesterday's game, and um, he's got 11 RBIs, three home runs on the season as well, tied with uh, Kingery there. So a little pop out of his bat. Um, other batting stats here, though not so great for the Phillies so far in Spring training, 105 runs. That puts them 28th out of 30 teams. Batting average is 236, which is last. Uh, On-base percentage, last as well at .309. And slugging percentage, .396. They're 27th in all of Major League Baseball in spring training. So this offense is still uh, sputtering, I guess you could say, is a good word. Uh, that they are, collectively. Now, Kingery is a, an interesting discussion, and he's been discussed by everybody so far this spring. He's And he's made that happen by his play uh, all last year and now what he's doing this spring. Here's a guy who's going to be 24 years old at the end of April, and he's mega talented. He just seems to be getting better and better, and he needs to play in the big leagues this year at a position. They don't need to be shuffling him between second and third, the outfield, trying to find him at bats. He needs to be a regular starting second baseman for this team, uh, which is and, – and if they start messing around with him and bouncing him around, and uh, that may be – he may be happy to be on the big league roster and flying first class and staying in great hotels rather than riding buses in the minor leagues, I'm sure. But I think it will do him a disservice as a player. He's good enough – to be a starting second baseman right now for the Phillies. And I, know, I realistically, I know that they're not going to do that. If they're not going to do that, I'd just rather see them give them another maybe six weeks of AAA at-bats and let Hernandez sort himself out up here. Uh, Kinkery's ready to play in the big leagues now. He'll be 24 at the end of April. It's time to let him play. Yeah, I agree. Initially, I thought maybe he wouldn't go with the team north when they start up the season, but 
I agree with you. They have to invest in the future early. Keep them in one position. Don't shuffle them in and out. I, I can't stand that. I read something the other day where uh, Kingery played third base and, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, it's a possible spot for him on the team. So you've got Reese Hoskins already moving from first out in the outfield. Uh, that's going to be a big move for him. He showed tremendous, tremendous potential with the Phillies last year. He was at first base. And then what do the Phillies do? They go out and get another first baseman. I, I don't understand that move myself. Um, I thought they had their first baseman with a bat. But, uh, you know, we got Santana, and now Hoskins is out in the outfield. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, with my perspective anyway, uh, I'm going to key in on Reese Hoskins and hope he does well. I hope they don't do to him uh, what they've done to a few players over the last few years and, you know, move them around, uh, bring them up, bring them down, back to the minors, and, and in effect almost ruin a career with somebody that's really doing pretty well to start off. Yeah, that remains to be seen, but I think Hoskins is pretty safe. I think he's here to stay. He's a he's a player, so um, I you know I would have preferred to see him as the first baseman and them spend their money elsewhere. I'm not a big Santana fan, but I've said that ad nauseum. You know, this uh, winter and into the into the spring training, he's going to get on base, but he doesn't really hit a lot of home runs. He's a mediocre RBI guy for the for the two, three, four spot. So uh, he's, he's starting to get up there in age. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm not trying not to be a dead horse here, but I'm not a big Santana fan, but it is what it is. They invested the money in him, and he is going to play. So um, we'll hope for the best there and hope for the best with Hoskins in left field. I don't think they're gonna, you're going to see them bounce Hoskins around. He's going to be the left fielder, and they'll let him play some first base maybe when there's a – you know, maybe a tough lefty. They want to give Santana a break, let him sit down for a game or two um, every couple of weeks. Um, maybe they'll move Reese into first base on those times and and let in a right-handed hitting outfielder play. So there are things that they can do without actually bouncing Hoskins around per se. Yeah, and the other Phillies player um, I was thinking about that they moved around, brought him up, brought him down was, of course, uh, Darren Ruff. Uh, I thought he had sort of a uh, a good career going with the Phillies for a certain time. Um, and now it looks like uh, Ruff is out there. Here's an update on the career of Darren Ruff. He's playing baseball in Korea. Um, he led the Korean baseball organization last season with 124 RBIs and hit 31 home runs. So, He's doing uh, what the Phillies probably hoped he would do uh, on the Phillies team, but uh, they never gave him the chance, in my opinion. So uh, doing really well there in Korea. He was re-signed for this season there at a um, $1.5 So the Korean players uh, not making as much as the USA players. Uh, Red and born players, so to speak, and even some foreign players that play here in the States. But uh, at least Darren Ruff is playing. And look what he did last year, 31 homers and 124 ribbies. Hmm. As you said, it was Korea. 
<laughs> I was never I was never a big rough fan either, so that's that's no loss to me either. Well, well that rough Dom Brown, Kodiashi group was uh, was even more of a placeholder than these other guys. So I'm I'm really glad that we're getting past that what I saw was a very ugly era for the last three, four, five years. Yes, it has been uh, some last place finishes thrown in there as well. Um, we're going to be making our predictions for how we think the Phillies will do. We'll do it on the next show. Uh, that'll be an interesting uh, topic uh, with myself and Matt uh, getting the wins and losses, totals, uh, what we think the Phillies are going to produce this year, and uh, how we see some of the rest of the teams in the National League East and the National League. So uh, we'll be previewing that on our next show here, Talking Phillies Talk podcast. Maybe have a guest uh, somewhere along the line as well coming up soon. And um, let's see. Let me take a look at the Grapefruit League standings here real quick before we wrap the show up, Matt. Um, and it looks like, let's see, the Mets are doing uh, not so great. This year, I, I'm wondering who's going to take this National League East. Who do you think uh, has to be a favorite uh, for the National League East so far? Well, I'm pretty sure everybody is in agreement uh, that the, the Nationals have to be considered the front runner. I don't really think there's even a a second right now. There's nobody that's there should be nobody unless they have major major injury problems. I don't see the Nationals being challenged in the NL East. But this could, it all depends on what happens with Harper, but this could be uh, last hurrah for the Nats. I don't, they won't fall apart. Even if they lose Harper, they won't fall apart. They have some talent there still, but they things could start to turn uh, away from the Nationals. So I, I've, something tells me this has to be their, their, their one big push year. Yeah, as you said, uh, this is make it or break it year. It's it's been make it or break it for the Nationals. I'm on their uh, roster, or actually their schedule page here for 2018. Uh, they start the season off in Cincinnati uh, for three games, then they go right to Atlanta um, for three games as well. So yeah, as you said, I mean, how many times can the Nationals? Uh, do well and then bow out in the playoffs. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a shame for Washington National fans, uh, really, but uh, probably more of a, a shame to the players as well, you know, with uh, the quality caliber starting rotation that they have, and they, they can't seem to capitalize on that. Yeah, they've been close, you know, a couple of times in the playoffs, but they, like you said, they just can't seem to get the job done. They They've been a contender for the last half dozen seasons. So this will be another one. They'll be a contender again. It'll be another opportunity for them. But even if they were to win at some point uh, or reach the World Series, this era uh, in Nationals baseball, which has really been a strong era, I think they're going to look back on it and say it could have been so much better. Yeah, and it looks like I'm still looking at the schedule here. We'll be able to see... Uh, for those that don't have MLB.tv. And uh, 
I have to check with the MLB. I just got billed for $25 today, and I had already paid my bill for the whole season. So I have to find out what that $25 bill is. But uh, it looks like the Nationals and the Mets will face off on ESPN's Monday Night Baseball early in the season, April 8th. Uh, So mark your calendars for that one. Uh, It's always a good matchup there, and I'm, I'm so glad... Uh, that the Yankees and the Red Sox aren't going to be on ESPN's <laughs> Sunday Night Baseball for one of the first few uh, Sunday Night Baseballs that we're able to view. Yeah, don't don't uh, get too excited though, Rich. It's only a matter of time. You know, I'm sure we'll see Yankees Red Sox uh, a billion times before this season's out. Yeah, and it looks like the uh, I'm looking further into the schedule. The end of April, April 22nd, near the end of April ESPN again for the Nationals against the Dodgers. Uh so we'll be seeing the Nationals a couple times at least uh on Sunday nights uh Sunday night baseball and even into May it looks like they're they're on at least once in May. So uh I doubt there's any uh Philadelphia Phillies uh Sunday night baseballs planned, but uh you never know. Uh yeah, those things change as the season goes along, and a lot of it will depend on how they do as the season moves along. So, yeah, we'll see. They have to play their way into those roles, just like uh, just like all the other teams. Yeah, and it was good to see them uh, Sunday afternoon. They were the broadcast game on MLB Network. Uh, it was good to hear that broadcast there. Um, and always a quality broadcast coming out of MLB Network, I guess, uh most of our listeners probably have that on their cable networks, but uh, certainly uh, get yourself MLB.TV, too, if you want a nice way to um, spend the season. Maybe you don't want to go to a lot of games this year, spend a lot of money. Um, for hundred and about $20, you're getting the whole season. And, Matt, I don't know if you've ever subscribed to that, but... You get all the games on DVR, so if you want to watch a Phillies game from uh, April and it's mid-May, you can go right back to that game and just sit sit back and either watch the highlights or the whole game itself or listen to the audio. So always one of my favorite uh, things about the baseball season is getting that package with MLB.tv. Yeah, I've had a few of those different MLB types of packages over the years, and uh, including right through last year. And I'm not, I have to check. I'm not really sure what I might have set up already for this year. But one thing I have found is you can get a lot of uh, you get a lot of get a, you get a lot of baseball between what your local networks carry with the Phillies, and then because that's almost every night you have a Phillies game. And then between the SPN and the MLB Network, um, the MLB Tonight Show, you can get a pretty good exposure to uh, Major League Baseball through those uh, resources. So, but the packages are great, if, especially if you're a real dyed-in-the-wool uh, diehard fan. Yeah, and it just came to me uh, what that $25 fee was for, and that is my MILB subscription i uh had it set to auto renew so i'll be uh able to tune in on uh, just about every game coming down to the coming down the pike and uh, i just can't wait it's always great to have baseball back it's a great diversion 
there's a reason why they call it the uh, National Pastime, and it's a uh, it's a great game to follow on a daily basis. Yep, agree with you there. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. You're sounding great uh, with your new microphone, your brand new podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners uh, where they can find you on the interwebs and the internet? Well, personally, my Twitter is my name, Matthew Vz, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-V-E-A-S-E-Y. But uh, you can also find my news and wide-ranging topics and uh, political stuff at Traditional Americans. And again, that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also uh, on the web, my website is mattvesey.com, M-A-T-T-V-E-A-S-E-Y.com. Very cool. So check it out there on the web. And, of course, you can uh, listen to Matt here on Philly's Talk podcast, and I hope I don't lose you someday to your own podcast. But uh, you know, know <laughs> there's always time to talk Phillies, Rich. I know you're getting the bug for it, and uh, I would wish you well anyway. But uh, thanks very much for joining me. If you want to send an email to this podcast, of course, you can send it at rich at fightingphillies.com. Check out the Phillies, fightingphillies.com uh, content there. And I try to write a lot more um, as the season starts, and I even get into almost a daily column uh, as the season starts up. So tune in there. um, Check that out. I also have another uh, Phillies news site called philliesreporter.com, which is a small aggregate of certain websites that pulls together some Phillies news. So if you want to check out what's happening with the Phils, uh, on a daily basis with uh, the top news from several websites that are pulled in there. Go over to philliesreporter.com and you can check out what's on that site as well. Plenty of Phillies news as the season goes on. Matt, you have a nice week. Uh, survive the snowstorm well here as we're uh, getting prepared for yet another storm here in the Philadelphia area. Plenty of milk, bread, TP, you know, all the essentials. We have it in eggs. We've got it all here at, uh, at our house. So we're at, good. We're ready. At the VZ Ranch, as you call it. VZ Ranch. That's right. We're ready. Very cool. Well, thanks for tuning in to this Phillies Talk podcast, everyone. And we'll talk to you again on our next show. Thanks, Rich. Hi, this is Farley. And Mark from Baseball PhD. Thanks for listening to BaseballPodcast.net. Up next, another great episode of Billy's Talk. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to Fighting Billy's Talk Podcast. Brewtown Sports is your source for Brewers news and notes. Join Mr. Brewtown as he keeps you up to date on all the happenings of your Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, Bruton Sports. Listen 24-7 at brutonsports.podomatic.com. Hi, this is Gary Mack of Mets Musing, and you're listening to my good friend Rich Baxter on Phillies Talk, right here on BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows.